You're listening to local programming produced in KUNV Studios. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Sports Prep Live. Sports Prep Live. Where we unbox the mic and talk excellence in athletics. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Season 2 of Sports Prep Live. I'm your host, Graydon Prescott, and today we have a very special guest, former professional basketball player turned skills and fitness trainer, and also a mentor from Hoopers of all ages. He's the founder and owner of Full Circle Training and Development. Mr. David Bell is on the show. David, welcome. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you for having me, man. I'm, uh, it's a pleasure. All right. We got a lot to cover today, so let's just get right into it, shall we? For sure. All right, uh, let's take it back to the beginning. How did you start your journey in basketball, and what were some early influences that shaped your love for the game? Mm, good question. So my my whole thing was I was a really shy and quiet kid. So my mm-hmm. parents really wanted me to do something to try to open up my personality. And um, one day I just came home with this piece of paper that had a basketball tryout. And from there, I, I think I was seven or eight years old. And um, from there, just started playing um, found out that I had a little bit of skill, and from there, just the journey just continued on all the way up to the professional level. Nice. Yeah. Can you share some memorable moments from your pre-professional career, so high school, middle school, college, whatever it be, and that, that um, moments that laugh, left a lasting impression on you? Mm, yeah, there's definitely a lot in there. Um, I think that <clears throat> early on was just... A family member, my cousin, really had a, a big influence on me. He was a, a varsity player at the time, and I think I was in middle school or something. So he would take me out to the parks and just have me play with grown men. And that mm-hmm. was one of the biggest things that he wanted me to get down so that I wasn't scared when I did reach the high school level of bigger players, more physical players. And, um, you know, the influences just kept going from there from high school. I uh, grew up in the Bay Area, of course, in I went to school with Eddie House, and that was the next phase when I was in high school, just seeing Eddie go off. He was like a young Steph. Now that I think back, he had the handle. He had the shot. Yeah. He talked a little bit more than Steph. I don't know if you know Eddie, <laughs> but he, he can talk. And um, we watched that, and we mimicked everything that he did. And our goal, me and my friends that um, really um, hung together, and those were really my peers were my mentors at the time, and then we we all just watch Eddie and see what he did all the way up to the division one level. Um, and we wanted to go division one and I was fortunate enough to go to junior college and have some role models there that were from Washington DC and Chicago. And they kind of led me on, on a journey on how to win. And that journey took me to university of Montana where was a whole nother culture shock, uh, happening yeah. for me, you know, but it was all, you know, it was all part of my journey, and I took all those things up up to the professional level. Yeah. Once you got to um, that point where you had finished your career at the University of Montana, you ended up playing professionally for 16 years. What inspired you to pursue the professional career, and how did you navigate the challenges and opportunities that came with that? Mm, so, you know, I was really just young. I, if, if I look back and I'm, and I'm honest, I was just young, young-minded a little bit. I hadn't matured when I was even in college. And uh, I would say the summer of my scene, going into my senior year, we had a new coach, um, Rob Norris. I actually just contacted him a couple of weeks ago, but he was the first one to put player development together for us kids up there in Montana. And he was the first person to tell me, hey, you know, you could probably go pro. Mm-hmm. 
And that was, I had never heard that before. I don't even know what I was thinking at the time if I would go pro. Um, I knew I might have an opportunity. I knew I wasn't good enough or I didn't think that I was really good enough to make it to the NBA. Um, but overseas was never really my my thought process in the beginning. Yeah. But once he said that to me, um, I took it a little bit more serious. And um, I, I really nailed down all those things that I had grew up doing and try to organize it to a way that I can somewhat be the best pro I could be. Yeah. Um, so he was my biggest influence when uh, I started thinking about being a professional. And reflecting as your time as a professional, are there any specific games, moments, achievements that stand out as um, some of the highlights of your career? Man, um, the 16 is a long time. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, and it was a long journey from the bottom to, you know, to uh, the D League, which is called the G League now, mm -hmm. um, the CBA, when, it, when the CBA was still around, uh, a summertime league in the USBL which I don't, I don't even think that's even uh, out anymore. Um, but probably the biggest um, moment of my career was having my jersey retired. Oh, wow. Just because that was like uh, I was in Germany for the longest period. Um, my, my daughter was born there. Um, my family spent most of our time in Germany because that was my longest period as a pro. And that really solidified like all the work that led up to that point. Yeah. Um, I re they retired it. Uh, a few were a few years before I retired, so I was still playing when they retired the jersey. Oh wow! Yeah, which was really like an emotional thing that I never even, you know, I, I don't know. It's just like sometimes you you put your head down and you just grind, and then you look up and you're like, wow, that was 16 years I just yeah. played, and uh, oh wow, they're they're gonna retire my jersey. So yeah, um, it was kind of a surprise, but I would say that would be the biggest moment of my career, along with some other big games and some goals that I wanted to achieve that I did achieve. But the staple is really being able to have my Jersey sitting in Germany in an arena right now. That's incredible. Um, once you finished your career as a player, you came back here and started um, becoming a trainer and that train and that transition from being a player to a trainer is obviously a significant shift. What motivated you to make that transition and how do your experiences as a player um, influence how you approach training? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, when I was playing in the early stages, uh, the biggest thing for me was to get stronger. So I couldn't afford, and at the time there wasn't trainers like that. Like, yeah. you know, you have trainers now and you can have a personal trainer and you have a skills trainer. Right. So, but at the time I, I needed to get stronger and I couldn't afford that because I was making like $800 a month in Switzerland. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't bring yeah. any money back to really afford a trainer. So I, uh, put some money away and just got my certification uh, early in my career. And then from there, every year, I just kind of was alongside uh, the physical therapist. So I was almost doing a little internship as I went throughout my career on the personal training side. So that's where the background of that came. And then um, later on in my career, a lot of guys were asking me questions about whether, what do I, what do, I do in the summer? What does my workouts look right. like? And I've always... Um, watched film before I did my own workouts. It was me and my dad, similar to you, you know, it was mm -hmm. me and my dad together. Um, he would work me out. It was the only person that ever worked me out. And then we would put these workouts together. We watch film, go back, put a workout together and go do the workout. And that would be my summer pretty much. So from that, I kind of just built and um, always watching film on guys. And even in the season, I would watch film on the other team, just personally, not even with the team. 
And I would just scout other teams, see how they would guard me, and I would see how they would guard us and how I can get other people open. So that kind of just made my mind shift into a, a, a skills trainer type of thing. Yeah. And that's where I like to share a lot of those things with everybody that wants to play basketball. You know, there's so many trainers out here, but I believe that um, every trainer has some type of skill that they can mm -hmm. they can hand down to another player. It's great. And Prescott here on Sports Prep Live, and I'm on the mic with former professional basketball player and the founder of Full Circle Training and Development, David Bell. Speaking of Full Circle, what inspired you to start the Full Circle Training brand, and what is the philosophy behind it? Mm. Uh, the philosophy is one drop at a time. Mm. Um, throughout my journey, I realized that every stop that I made and every entity that I wanted to incorporate into my game was just one opportunity. It was like one decision happening for me that I had to nail that day. And I kind of took that that philosophy throughout my professional career. And that's what I like to pass down to other people. It's just you got one decision one in, in one day and you make that decision to get better. And then um, so the full circle thing is almost like putting all those days together right. and um, coming back around and seeing how much you developed over a course of time. Mm -hmm. So um, it's just redeveloping yourself coming full circle and uh you know we, we we try to be a little dynamic yeah so being full circle is kind of broad but it can be more specific at the same time mm -hmm. i've worked with you um you've trained me on multiple occasions and i've noticed that your training um involves strength skill and mindset how do you integrate those three elements into your training process and can you tell us why they are so essential for all athletes Man, great question um at a professional level, it's not just the skill, you know, it's it's the mind behind it that's going to help you last the long the longest run. So before I even tr start with any of, as you know, some of the training it's really understanding what you want out of the training. Mm -hmm. What is your philosophy? Almost what you're seeing as a player. And then from there, we can incorporate the mindset to always keep you back on track because. Right. The biggest moments of uh, people's career, high school, middle school, professional, is when they're struggling. So right. when you're struggling, you have to find a way out. And that's where you find that consistency. So that's where the mindset comes in. Um, I like to play defense in, in as you know, in, yeah. in the, in the <laughs> sessions just because, you know, I don't like cones. We don't, we, I don't think we ever put down a cone. Never. But that's just my philosophy. I like to play defense. I like to... Um, get people to read and react to what defenses will do, put you in some different situations and um, really get your heart rate up and see where you're at, at uh, when you're tired, see where your patterns are when you start to uh, get a little fatigued. And from there, that's where the mindset comes in. And then it all kind of ties in together. You've trained people from all age groups, from young kids up to NBA players. How does your training, how do you modify your training philosophy um, when you're approaching younger kids versus professional athletes at advanced levels? Well, uh, I like to do some type of assessment if I don't have film on them. Um, so from that point on, I kind of see where I kind of write out my whole scout on that player. And then uh, from there, I like to incorporate what they do well and kind of put them through a test on what I think they can improve on from you know, middle school to uh, all the way up to the pros, obviously. Right. And um, I think the film and the assessment really lets me and that person know where they stand as a basketball player. And then from there, the modification comes to um, wh what level they're playing at at that moment and what's going to help them develop as a better player in that moment. So 
for a younger person, it's a lot of a lot more reads that they might not be used to. It's a finishing with contact because the younger generation, you know, doesn't want too much contact. So mm-hmm. we try to put a lot of contact on that with finishing. Um, and then when we go to the pros, like it's a different, you know, certain guys play in, play in certain countries or play at a certain level to where there's patterns in how you're going to run a pick and roll, how they're going to read you on a pick and roll. And we'll put them through those scenarios so they, so they can understand what to do in those scenarios. And then they become uh, the mindset with that is to, for them to it, it to be an easier read for them. Mm-hmm. So now they don't have to think about the read that you can just play off that read and be great at what they do at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, athletes have worked with a lot of different trainers, but not a lot of athletes uh, get the opportunity to work with a trainer who is also a former professional. How do you draw from your personal experiences as a professional to connect and inspire athletes you work with? Mm, good question. So I would say uh, 11 or 12 years out of my career, I was a, I was the captain. Okay. So I was always the vocal leader. I was always the one to um, bridge the gap between the coach and and the players. So from that, I kind of learned how to talk to certain certain guys, how to motivate certain guys, um, because everybody obviously isn't different. Everybody isn't motivated the same way. Mm-hmm. And those years, um, I was able to bridge that gap with my coach wanting one thing and not really knowing, especially with the language barrier, how to speak to certain guys. And that would be my responsibility, even when it came down to organization. Um, You have to talk to the organization. You have to talk to sponsors and bring that back to the team and make sure the team understands how important certain wins are, especially in in Europe, because it's, you know, it's a different different level. Um, So I really incorporate that with, especially with my pros, just, learning what they how they operate learning what motivates them and then really digging into that and uh trying to get them motivated to yeah. to have a good summer in uh, establishing your training brand full circle were there any particular lessons or experiences from your background professional amateur whatever it be that you find instrumental in shaping the foundation of the brand yeah man um the journey um mm-hmm. going from the bottom uh, Switzerland and going to as high as uh, Champions League in, in Italy, um, I kind of, I, I don't want to say I did it myself because there were so many people that were instrumental in my growth, but um, I really grinded from the bottom. I know everybody always says it, but I just it was just me and my dad just kind of going through things and modifying things and just kind of learning on the fly through trial and error. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how this company was, was uh, founded, just a lot of trial and error. Um, obviously a lot of luck and from from there we just keep grinding and we're just gonna keep building and growing absolutely we're here on sports prep live 91.5 kunv i'm great prescott and i'm sitting down with david bell owner of full circle training to discuss basketball fitness training and more david as a trainer you've likely encountered various training myths can you debunk one or two of the common misconceptions about fitness and training um, man, well, if we're talking about basketball, if we're talking about just regular a- any fitness, because you do more fi- than just yeah, basketball, yeah, exactly. anything in general. Exactly. Um, you know, what's funny is that, you know, as basketball players, we feel like we have to run so much. Yeah. We have to run. And I used to run hills and I used to do all this crazy stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. And hill repeats and running up three mile hills just to prove that I was in shape, which it worked for me. Maybe it did, maybe it didn't. Mm -hmm. But the biggest myth, I believe, is that there's plenty of different ways to get in shape. Mm 
Yeah. And not every um, fitness uh, exercise is made for that person. So uh, just in general, like a squat isn't made for everybody. You might not get the best benefits from a squat if you're a certain person. Uh, it's it's just how you're built. If you don't have the mobility in your ankles and your hips don't move or something like that, then a squat probably isn't the best thing for you. Just like for basketball players, some guys like to run to get in shape. And I didn't like to run, but I did it anyway. But not until later in my career, I would say the last three years, I realized that I didn't have to run. I could just do certain things like a circuit. Really? And get my heart rate up and be explosive at the same time because the running was actually actually taken away from a lot of my explosiveness. Not that was a big jump or anything, but it just mm -hmm. it took away. And um, that kind of saved some years, I guess. It saved some Save some years, maybe, but I don't yeah. know. But, you know, every exercise isn't built for everybody. I hear that. Are there any specific aspects of um, the game of basketball that you believe are often overlooked in training? And how do you address those in your training programs? Hmm. Overlooked. Well, I think a lot of things that are overlooked is that skipping steps. Mm. A lot of people just um, are cookie cutter with a lot of things. And they just put one, one guard in to another workout with another guard, which isn't really what skill training should be about. It should be about individualized skill training for a, a certain person. And if that trainer has enough um, education and has seen enough games, he can modify each player that's on that court. Right. So they can maximize their skill specifically. So that would be one of the biggest things is there's so many trainers out here doing so many different things and some of it is good and some of it is not good. But regardless, if you're going to do that, I think that more trainers should specialize in modifying to that player. Mm. Uh, you've talked a lot about recovery for athletes. Um, and a lot of times I'll hear athletes don't take the recovery process as seriously as they might need to. What recovery strategies do you emphasize and how do you ensure that your athletes prioritize rest and regeneration? Yeah, uh, sleep is big. Mm -hmm. I believe in that. Um, mobility is really something that I'm really tapping into with a lot of my guys now is that mobility aspect that we can lengthen the body a little bit more. You can um, encounter a lot more um, on the court. And, you know, rest, of course, like being more strategic with um, how you train. A lot of people overdo it when they don't need to, almost like running a three, three and a half mile uphill. Mm -hmm. Um and just maybe just going to do a circuit for, you know, a certain amount of time could still uh, get you the same benefits. So um, I think really scheduling out sleep and um, eating the proper way, of course, that's one of the biggest, yeah. biggest things. And my big thing right now is mobility. Mm. Mm -hmm. uh, another big thing that is often overlooked and guilty as charged, nutrition. Yeah. Um, nutrition plays a crucial role in an athlete's performance. And I don't think that a lot of athletes understand that as much as they should. Yeah. How do you guide your athletes in terms of dietary habits and nutrition plans to be the best that they can be? Well, my biggest thing right now is trying to get those people on it. Um, just trying it out. And what they'll realize that I've just kind of noticed is that once you plan it out and if you've done it for a certain amount of time, the time that you don't, when you go back to some bad habits, 
is when uh, you'll feel it the most. Yeah. So you might not feel it when you're in the moment, when you're eating all these nutrition things that are good for you and help you recover and get your protein in and things like that. But the minute you step out that box a little bit and start eating a little junk here and there, you're going to feel it a little bit more than, than yeah. normal. So my biggest thing is just getting them to try it for a certain amount of days and then being able to ask the same questions to them like, okay, so how you feel today? Mm-hmm. And they start saying, well, man, I'm, my stomach kind of hurts or I'm kind of sluggish today. Oh, I'm a little bit tired. Oh, I'm a little bit sore. Mm-hmm. And those are the signs that obviously you're not doing something right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, looking beyond basketball, what other experiences or aspects of your background do you believe contribute to your effectiveness as a trainer and a mentor today? Well, today I'm actually in the referee scene, as you know. Oh, yep. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I am doing the referee. Uh, I've always wanted to do it. And uh, right now I'm at the college level. Oh, still wow. Still doing a lot of the high school stuff, varsity here, but kind of traveling a little bit for college. So that's one thing that's really helped me um, as skill development because I can speak the rules of the game to certain players and, you know, a lot of us get into it with referees, you know, and I yeah. was one of the biggest ones, right? Mm-hmm. I was one of the biggest ones to yell at a ref and, um, you know, go crazy. But now by rule, by by certain rules, I can speak the language a little bit better. Yeah, And true. I want to share that with a lot of a lot of my players so they don't end up and get mentally blocked by a referee possibly calling fouls or doing certain things. But if you can come with some rule book knowledge to a referee, I guarantee they'll respect it. And then you can let it go. And then you can get back to your game and stay on track. Yeah, I hear that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Looking ahead, what are some of your aspirations for full circle training or you personally, uh, whether it be referee, trainer, and how do you see uh, those things evolving in the coming years? Yeah, one of the biggest things I have going right now, we're opening up the first Shoot 360 here in Las Vegas. Oh, wow. Um, so that'll be opening in May. That's one of the biggest things I've been looking forward to. Um, a couple of my friends out in uh, St. George have um, really put this thing together, and the, our skills is going to actually be in the facility doing the skill training. Um, so we really want to change the narrative here in Vegas and really have some good skill training. That's one of the biggest things we want to have a lot of mentors and influence, uh, through that facility with pros, you know, agents coming in, coaches coming in and being able to talk to all the kids in the, in the community. And, you know, this is becoming one of the biggest hubs for the NBA. Right. So we'll have a lot of people coming in and out of there trying to get their feedback and picking people's brain on skill development and having people come train with some of the big, big trainers or coaches that, that come through the town. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's one of the biggest things on the basketball side. As far as the fitness side, you know, we're just going to keep it going. Yeah. It's, it's a good time. It's a, it's a more of a community than trying to be a big box gym. Um, What we've built is a community um, out there in Henderson that has really opened up and helped a lot of people throughout, throughout the, uh, throughout the neighborhood. It's Great and Prescott here on Sports Prep Live, and today I am on the mic with a former professional basketball player, fitness trainer, athletic skills trainer, whatever you name, he yeah, does all it. all those things. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. David Bell. All right, 
As we come towards the end of the show, one of the things that I love to do is a rapid fire session with each of my guests. All right, let's do it. One of the, uh, it will be quick questions, looking to um, find quick answers, maybe okay. some hot takes. Okay. Um, you can take your time with your answers. Just no one minute answers. Okay. All got right. It. Uh, what is the most points you've ever scored in a professional game? Thirty-seven. Mm. Hardest person you ever had to guard? Gilbert Arenas. You guarded Gilbert yeah. Arenas. How'd that go? Uh, uh, not too good. <laughs> I was just in awe the whole time. Not, but I was, I was younger, and I just his handle was so crazy. Yeah, absolutely. It, it was something I'd never seen before. Yeah, this one might take a little bit more thought. Mm. Best basketball shoe of all time. Ooh. Yep. Got me. <laughs> um, best basketball shoe. You know what I really, I was uh, Jordan 23s mm. with the big yeah, Jordan yeah. sign on yeah. it. I know. Those are like my go-to. Or the 29s or the 30s, I think they were. The next one that came out with the toe, mm. which I I had, I don't know how many pairs of those. Because once I get to a shoe, I just, I'm going to run it. I'm going to just keep getting the same shoe every year. So yeah. I had those for a while, and I'll try to bring that back like towards the end of my career. Trash. But they were my <laughs> shoe. They were, they're still my shoe. I still got a couple pairs in my closet you right don't, now. You don't like the Kobe's? The Kobe's, yes. But every but my thing is like. You don't want to do what everybody else is doing? No, not that. But if I run, I run through shoes like it's nothing. Okay, yeah. So I'm like, enough. I don't know if I'm heavy foot or what, but just heavy. I don't know. But the Kobe's would only last me. Three weeks, a month, if I'm playing in in the yeah, so I just couldn't do it anymore. Wow, I'm just running through them. All right, uh, what is the ideal pregame meal or postgame meal? Oh if man, that's a good people. one because you know I'm a scheduled guy. Like, right, I got my hope. My family knows. Like, I on game days, it's like wake up, don't really talk to me because I'm just in a mood. Mm-hmm. Go to shoot around, come back, and it's normally like a huge breakfast: eggs, pancakes, grits, some turkey sausage or something like that. Oh wow! That's like I go crazy on before uh, before I take my nap, then I wake up maybe have, maybe have a snack and then get to the game. Okay. Uh, do you prefer evening or morning workouts? Morning. Yeah, I knew that yeah. was coming. Uh, a skill that every young basketball player has to have. A skill. Well, I would say uh, you gotta have some type some type of intensity on defense. Mm. Um, but a skill I would, I would have to say like young, like my son, he has to be able to handle the ball Yeah. or you're just not going to be able to do much without, you're not going to be able to control your own environment if you can't handle the ball. Right. Right. He can shoot a little bit, but if you can't handle it, you can't sit out there and just wait for somebody to pass you the ball to shoot. So yeah, being able to handle, I think is one of the biggest things. All right. And then in no specific order, who's your top five ever? Jordan. Yep. I don't know. I don't know. Being from Oakland, are you gonna throw Steph Curry in? There? I gotta throw Steph yeah. in there. I, I think I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Um I respect LeBron. So I, I would I I respect it. I mean the guys I respect it. I don't okay. know if I would put him in I don't know. I got Mike um yeah. Kobe's in there. Um Oh man, this, I'm not good at these top fives because it's always like <laughs> I said in I no would, in no order. But you know, is, is it a top five to create a team to play against a team, or is it just top five as an individual? How about as an individual? Yeah, then well, I go with Magic. Okay, unheard of. Um, I go with Shaq. 
Mm. Is that five? So you had Steph, MJ, Kobe, Magic, and Shaq. Shaq. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. I've never heard that. All right. Lastly, this is not a rapid fire. You can take your time with this one. If you could give one piece of advice to an aspiring athlete um, or anyone considering to pursue athletic training, what would it be? Um, To pursue athletic training? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, take it in take it in levels. I mean, you don't have to get everything all at once. I think it's a growth process along with everything, like the journey. But if you can really nail in one thing at a time and um, get really good at it, it will help you develop into other things. And you kind of find your path within that, what you want to specialize in and um, – as long as you take it slow, I think that, and you nail in the the thing that you love the most, I think that'll kind of create your path for the next phase of uh, training or f- next phase of um, education. Mm-hmm. And then um, you got to love it. You got to love what you do because, you know, it's not, it's not a standardized job to be a fitness trainer or a skills trainer. You know, yeah. it's just, it's random. Guys want to come in at certain times. Certain guys want this, certain... Certain players want that. Um, and then you got groups with different people that want different things. So um, be ready for that. Be really open to those things. And I think I think uh, enjoying it and being open, you know, you can you can overtake and, and have a nice long career at that. Yeah. All right. This has been great, David. Once again, I'd like to thank you for joining me today. It's been a pleasure having you on the program. Thank you, sir. All right. You can find David on Instagram at Becoming Full Circle. You can check out all the rest of our episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Thank you all for tuning into this episode of Sports Prep Live. I'm Graydon Prescott, and as always, have a fantastic day, everyone. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Sports Prep Live. I'm Graydon Prescott, and don't forget to catch all of our episodes on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow us on Instagram or Twitter at Sports Prep Live. Thank you.